about my beautiful friends. Um, imagine at this weird hour because I have a lot on my mind and I feel like I can talk to you guys and at the same time make some difference. So this is a chronic illness vlog and it has to do with support systems, family, friends, people who really know what your diagnosis is and like your symptoms, but they may not, no, not may not, they don't um, understand what it is that you're going through, and they tend to put it down as nothing, as minor, as insignificant, but in your body it feels like, um, more intense than that. Uh, example the other day, actually earlier, um, I did some, my mom asked me to do something um, in the house and I had to do it to cat. And by the time that I was done doing all the things, I was exhausted. And I said this to my mom, and she was like, you can't be exhausted. She's like, I've done more today than you have. But it's like, until I'm exhausted. It was like, my exhausted was insignificant. Because I did one thing. But in the world of POTS, and low blood pressure, and chronic illness, one thing can be really exhausting. And it was like, uh, it was just one of those things where it's like, you don't get it. And um, it's the same thing when we argue all the time about sleep because I have a hard time falling asleep. And when I do sleep, I sleep a lot. And I kind of can't help it. I always wasn't this way. I used to be a morning person. I used to be up like at 8 o'clock. And now I'm lucky if I can get up by like, 2.30, and I constantly get yelled at for it, um, and I don't know how to defend myself, um, I don't know what to say, and I don't know, being in this spot where you're vulnerable, and you feel like you have no weapon, I guess, like, weapons left to fight with, like, there's no anything left to argue in you, because you feel like you just argued it to death, and I had this decision where I was like, I would do what my parents thought was best, and the thing was, I wasn't thinking about, but was it good for my quality of life, was it good and I know it seems like me, 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 but when you have chronic illness, it kind of becomes a me, me, me thing because you're the only one that understands what's going on in your body. And there's times where I've heard my mom say to my, even to my dad, look, no, she really, I understand it. She really does go through this like fatigue 
and my dad he's just he's super sweet but he just he doesn't in his mind I should be like up all the time and be ready to go and my body just doesn't work like that I can't just pop up like a pop tart and be ready to you know get the day going it takes me a while to get everything going I have to sort of get myself in a good mind spot I kind of have this like moment where I kind of just take in the quiet when I first wake up or and my dog might be inside with me or the cat and sometimes I'm just so tired even when I wake up that I fall back asleep and I feel like I have to hide it and I don't know if any of you feel like that but um, if it isn't apparent already I do it with my parents um, and I'm grateful that they let me live with them as many times as they threaten to throw me out they are wonderful people they adopted me and I knew that I needed to go to therapy and I've been going to therapy for a really long time and it's helped me understand that it comes from a place of frustration because they don't know how to help me and I realize I'm not a parent and so I don't know what it feels like being on the parent's side watching your child go through this and not knowing what to do or say except do what you've always done with them like your whole life and it changes um, something that's like weighed on my mind that I've tried to talk about with them is I um, was looking at the, the big picture of my quality of life. I was looking down the road and I was thinking about my pain and my joints to pop a lot more. Uh, I'm actually in the process of seeking out a geneticist or a doctor that could possibly see if there's an Ehlers-Danlos connection. But until then, I get joints, especially my hips, my elbows, and my ankles that pop all the time. And sometimes it doesn't hurt, and sometimes it hurts really, really bad. Um, I have carpal tunnel, so I have a lot of wrist splints for either the right or the left wrist. Um, and then there's the whole back situation. And I know my like pain level it it's changed since getting a feeding tube because there has been episodes where I've been in white out pain whereas in all I see is white and I'm screaming and that's all I can do like I have no other reflex in my body but just scream and um, so after that certain things don't hurt as much as I used to, but I'm the one in my family that is very likely to say if I don't feel good or complain about something. And my mom's always been like the medical one in the family. So I, I just go to her about that. And she can get really annoyed about that. And I don't know if anybody else has family that or somebody you go to and after a while they just get annoyed. 
but it's kind of like she's like the one person and I feel like I can rely on medically speaking that I can go to and be like listen this is happening and I'm not sure what to do and I look for her guidance because I respect her so much and I love her to pieces and I trust whatever she says I do and sometimes it comes out hurtful like a stab sometimes what could start out as just like a conversation me just needing to tell her um, how I'm feeling and in her mind I and I know that I do I fixate on things and it kind of comes with anxiety and it's a learned behavior and it takes a long time to unlearn a learned behavior that you've had for decades I mean I'm 31 so I mean I'm trying to have patience with myself but in my mind I never saw it the way she saw it whereas in her mind it was this annoying problem in my mind it felt like if I didn't say it then it was like it didn't exist and it wouldn't uh, not from an attention point of view but it wouldn't matter like I felt like I had to keep drawing it in until it finally mattered and um, until it was finally like okay I'm listening instead of me just having to say it once and these days it sort of forced me into this world that I don't know if anybody else has been there of just being more quiet about it because I don't want them to yell at me and I don't want them to get annoyed by me um, or go you're fixating again I don't want to hear it and I go and I journal or I come and I get out with you guys and I get on my groups that I'm on on Facebook and I just surround myself with people who get it and I pray a lot and sometimes I do just stay in my room because I need the quiet because there's just days I can't take being like ragged on or just getting snapped at for saying something or stating how I'm feeling or whatever it is and I know it, can, it has to be annoying when it can get repetitive um, but sometimes I don't know what else to do and so I'm trying to learn coping mechanisms I'm trying to learn a way a, other, a better way of, of handling these situations because you kind of figure out at a point that their support system's never really going to get it as much as you like want them to try and come sit in therapy with you and sit down and talk to you at least in my circumstance we always just round back to the same thing and I get frustrated because here I think we're making progress and we're opening up the communication dialogue and they just want to go back to the same thing which is my sleep issues and 
other things. Um, so I don't know about if you guys deal in your house with chronic illness with dealing with uh, like household chores and things like that. For me, um, I didn't know how to really do them and it's not out of like some sort of spider resentment. It's like picking and choosing it's like picking your battles and trying to figure out, okay, which of these things is going to be the least exhausting and the least depleting of my reserves on my body. Um, and sometimes there's just days where I just don't have the reserves and I just sit on the couch, to be honest. And to my mom, it's, I'm doing nothing to contribute, but sometimes it's all I got. And then there's days where I'm really energetic and I'm hopping around, especially lately. I've just had Christmas music blasting and hopping around and singing to that. And, um, and it just helped me bring up my spirit. But there's sometimes I just get frustrated with them over things that have nothing to do with chronic illness or POTS, just like feeling like, okay, we're three adults, we should be able to handle our own dishes, and not understanding, and because I come from uh, parents that are retired, I get the, but I worked for this many years, I shouldn't have to, so I understand that, but it's hard to explain to, um, the person that went into it because my dad he has his own pain issues and you know every one of my family has some sort of health thing going on and some of us more than others and You know, I worry about all of them. I don't know what they go through or how they deal with it, especially like seeing low blood sugar things and helping them, helping with that. Um, and like trying to just figure out, okay, how do I adapt to this on my own? Because one day I will be on my own, you know, with my own house and all that good stuff. And I just have those dreams, even though I've been told a lot of times that it won't happen for me because there's just no way it's impossible. But I choose not to believe that it's impossible. I choose to believe that it is possible. I gotta just will it out there into the world and I pray for it. And I just send the good vibes out there. Because a lot of people just, it's really easy not to believe in somebody. It's harder to believe in them. Especially when you've known them your whole life. You just... All you see is the person that they were when they were younger or they used to be. And refuses the person standing right in front of them. And for me, since being in my 30s, which has been a whole year. Um, my perspective, perspective has changed in that... Uh, I want to go after things in life and 
have a quantity of life and a quality of life and I wanted to love and have kids and I have heard from my own parents that treat it like it's a joke and I don't want you to get the idea that they're bad parents because they're not but they see me as not self-sufficient and right now I'm still figuring out how to adapt and my body, my chronic illnesses to work to where I can do things and it's not so huge on my body, not to, to the point where I have to like, take a nap, I have to sit down, I have to um, do all these extra precautions, like if I have to spray something. Um, for most people, maybe they won't have to wear a mask, but for me, I have to wear a mask, maybe two, and gloves, because I get these random allergic reactions, and I'm constantly on the lookout if there's a start of one. Um, I got a really good distraction being back in college, and so I'm going back for another semester in January, and... Uh, getting my mind off of the only thing I have to. That's usually when you're home and you're not working and all you have is chronic illness. It's kind of the only thing that circulates around your mind. I, I realized, okay, I'm going to have to deal with these things the rest of my life. And I don't want it to define my life. I don't want it to be like the thing that's on my tombstone. You know what I mean? I want it to be Yes, she had this, but it didn't stop her from accomplishing her goals and getting out there and getting after it. And I heard the getting after it thing from Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and like just like powering through it. And sometimes it's hard to power through it, and other days I'm just like, I'm doing this. Like, I'm going to push through. I feel really strong today. Like, I feel like I have the spiritual and mental, like, strength to push through. Um, but sometimes I don't, and that's okay. And I'm like, that's okay. And people, your support system, they will be there for you, but don't expect them to understand or try to get them to understand because it is kind of futile. Just be happy that they're there um, and they may not get it and that's okay. Um, as long as they're there, they don't really have to get it, but it would really go a lot longer if they could. But at the same time, I, I don't think I'll ever get my mom goes through or sees until I'm a parent myself. Um, I feel like I've been the child that's always needed some kind of extra something since I was little and that's been like my whole life. I, I've always needed some sort of extra testing for school. I needed the IEP plan. I needed special schools and then it was health issues and I feel like it just got frustrating because you thought, well, it stopped at school and then health things happened and things were realized that were happening health-wise 
when I was a kid that we didn't make the connection until I was older, until I was going through all the testing to get the diagnosis. And um, now looking back, it makes sense. But at the time, it was like maybe it's just kids being kids or playing really rough. Um, or I ran too hard. But now I look back and I suspect that I actually had asthma longer than in adulthood. And that I, my heart problems, for sure, I've had them for a long time. But I think it took specific things for them to be brought out. Um, things I know that would definitely bring it out would be anything that had to do with public speaking, which also brought out anxiety and, and like dance recitals, things like that. Um, I was a union child, to say the least. Um, but now, like as an adult, I understand what brings on my symptoms. And I know for the most part what my symptoms are. Sometimes I get them for a doozy and I get one that I was not expecting. Um, but I know for the most part how to handle it without having to go and be like, Mom, what do I do? But sometimes you still need your mom or your support system, your parent, your little guardian, whoever it is that you, is a parent in your eyes, is a guardian in your eyes, is your support in your eyes. Because sometimes you just don't. Sometimes, like, it's just really bad brain fog, which I realized. Other things that I picked up on that I didn't realize was that my memory hasn't been good. My ability to retain information hasn't been good. Um, like, a lot more forgetful. I forget a lot of times, so this is like a lot of pauses, because I'm constantly forgetting the words that I want to say, or I say the wrong word, and I don't know if it's because of all the years of migraines have had an effect on my brain. You know, I don't know. I don't know the reason behind it. But I noted it that it was getting worse. Especially when I got tripping over my own words. Um, I notate that and I kind of keep like a eye out. But I, I have to decide. I make more decisions now more than ever of is this something worth going to talk to the doctor about or is this something I could just watch and see and go from there. So with my blood pressure issues, I made the decision that I wanted to talk to the uh, um, forgetting the word. my doctor's medical assistant and I spoke to her and I was able to get an earlier appointment because we talked about my blood pressure symptoms and I know that I run low but I've been dropping a little bit lower <laughs> to the point that I have gotten symptoms and I want to do 
whatever is necessary to keep it from getting to the point of where it was a few months ago where I was literally needing the help of two people and fighting the urge to pass out like I was so close to passing out it wasn't even funny and going from there other things I've done was I had a lot of pressure in terms of gaining weight because of gastroparesis I lost a lot of weight and all this emphasis put on this number on the scale and it got to be really overwhelming and really frustrating and very just disillusioned with it there wasn't like this motivation anymore it was starting to become depressing it was becoming a big issue and so I just called an audible which is a football term but I just said no enough is enough and I was like I can't have six everybody in the world telling me to step on the scale and asking me what my weight is today and decided you know what if I'm maintaining my weight I'm really happy with that and if I gain weight I'm happy with that and if I lose weight you know it's not a good thing to lose weight in my instance but I'm not going to be hard on myself for it because that was the thing if I lost if I wasn't gaining people will be really hard on me for it and I just decided enough is enough I'm not gonna allow people to be hard on me for that because I know that I'm doing the best that I can and I accept where I am right now and I'm not gonna try to just burn myself out or push myself to this like mental breaking point to try to please other people I think it is what it is right now and we'll get what we need to be and maybe this is where I am because even in high school I weighed about the same weight so maybe this is just a normal weight for me um, and you know I don't know because it's kind of been a, a subject when you have gastroparesis and a lot of weight loss um, because before this, I kind of hung out around that 110s, one like 15 pound, 110, 115 pounds. And then the gastroparesis and the gallbladder issues happened. And I dropped the 100 pounds. I had a Christmas store, I was 96 pounds. And then I continued to drop from there. And by the time that I got my treatment, I was like 86, 85 pounds. And now I'm maintaining somewhere in the 96 pound range, 95, 96. But I don't let myself get upset over it or overwhelmed because that is what it is for the day and there's nothing I can do about it right this minute I just go right about my day and a lot of just like letting go letting God and just taking it day by day and taking the victories where I can get them and not being hard on myself and I advise that to you guys is don't be hard on yourself don't let other people make you feel guilty for, for not accomplishing something, for, for not living up to their expectation on what they thought they had. And yeah, they're going to have their emotional moments because they had it all worked up in their mind that you were totally going to do this and then maybe it didn't happen. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. 
you're going to get there. It may not be on their schedule, but it's going to be on your schedule and on your body schedule. Um, it definitely helped realizing that the fancy smart scale that I had was way off. So I don't use that anymore. I just use a regular scale that I got at Target. And that definitely helps with getting the right numbers. Um, but I, I'm more paying attention to myself. I try to think a lot more before I speak. Especially because I have to work really hard on gathering exactly what I want to say. Because sometimes it takes me a really long time to get out what I'm going to say. And I tend to be a good snapchat for it. So... Um, and so I, I try to be like, okay, yeah, I just got snapped at because it took me a long time to say what I was going to say. Or I just, certain people, it's just, you lose your words and you just can't speak. It's just like your tongue is just tied. And, um. It's fun. It's ironic that I'm an English major and I have the hardest time trying to communicate what I'm saying verbally, but I could do it just fine in text message unless I'm having really bad brain fog or sometimes in which case I even struggle to type out what I'm trying to say. So, like, like, okay, maybe this is a new part of POTS or this is part of migraine. I don't know, but know I take it like I said one day at a time and I'll bring it up to my next doctor's appointment but I also just kind of go with how I, my feelings my vibe is not to be too worried about it at this moment in time because we worry about every single thing that went on with chronic illness we just be in a knot of worry and so I just be like okay how am I doing today and there's something you can do. I kind of take like a little tally. Like I'll be like, okay, how am I doing today? Right off the bat, do I notice any symptoms? I don't? Okay, cool. Um, and I go on. And if I start noticing symptoms here and there, I address them. And I have various ways from using an app to do guided meditation to using uh, medication if that's what's necessary and taking care of it and then going about my day and one of the things I was realizing is my medication helps me to be able to be more in control of my chronic illness and I was thinking about something that I had issues with that I went through physical therapy with and other things which is my mobility I have a lot of issues with my back, and I feel like I have something starting in my hips that's been going on for a couple of years, and my elbows pop. And so that is why we're kind of, my mom and I thought it was worth investigating into the Ehlers-Danlos um, rabbit hole, I should say, to see if that is maybe the, the linchpin that is the explanation for all the other uh, diagnosis that I have because there are what I have is all comorbidities with EDS. Um, I've kind of picked up a weird freak of uh, interest in medicine. Um, 
mostly because I like to know if you're prescribing me something, what's in it, and I have to work up my own anxieties and my own thoughts, um, because I do hear, like, getting allergic reactions, because I've had them, I've had them really scary, where it was basically a severe allergic reaction that was bordering on anaphylaxis, and that is the scariest thing in the world where you feel like you're just like sitting there helpless you kind of you kind of feel helpless and you're like you're trying to do the natural thing which is breathe and like you can't but I think they're able to resolve it pretty quickly um so now um from protocol just for me because I know I can have these random allergic reactions and I never know how severe they're going to get I carry an EpiPen with me, and I always have my skin inhaler, um, and now that I have a button style G-tube, I am trying to think of a way to carry an extension tubing with, like, an emergency Benadryl drawn up in case I'm out in public and there's a reaction, because for somebody else, they might say, well, you don't need this, but for me, I think it's part of the chronic illness, like, pack. I always keep some sort of Tylenol with me. I usually carry the chewable Tylenols or something um, in case I start to get into a lot of pain to try to manage it. Um, I guess Tylenol is the only thing I can take. And I don't mind that. And then that's where I came to the thought of, you know, I want to go out on these like long day adventures and shopping things, but I get really exhausted really fast. My back starts getting a lot of pain. I might start getting a lot of hip pain. And usually after days like those, my joints just pop a lot. And so I thought, how can I really enjoy these days without putting all this extra stress on my body, especially because it's not conditioned very well at all. And I thought, what what's going to take some of that strain off? And I thought, wheelchair. I thought, if I had a wheelchair, it would give me some sort of uh, freedom in the sense that I'm not putting, I'm not putting extra stress on my body. I can have longer days out because I thought about if I did have it, I'd want that smart drive thing. Um, it would allow me to have reserves in place so I could use it when I feel like it's a long trip or a lot of walking. There are trips where I've been like, man, I really wish that I had a wheelchair um, or some sort of assistive device because I just, I don't know if I can make it this whole length. And I was thinking about quality of life. I was thinking about freedom. I was thinking about independence. And I thought, it's not the end-all, be-all solution, but it's a start. And I, I don't know what other mobility assist devices are out there. And I've been really nervous to approach my doctors about it. I've tried to talk to my parents about my thought process on this. 
Um, and trying to explain that it would not be using it 24-7, that it would be used for going on outings and making good response. The languages mouse will not go, but that's not the point. The point is, it would give me a lot more enjoyment in an outing if I was it's always going, man, my back is killing me. I need to stop and sit. I need to stop and take a Tylenol. I need to stop and do this and that. I feel like I could keep up with my family more, and my friends more, and minimize pain, minimize how many reserves or spoons that I use, and, and just enjoy myself a lot more. Now, that's not saying it's going to completely get rid of pain or anything, but, you know, it could be a start. And I didn't just come to this, like, one day. It was something I thought about. I was thinking about long term. Thinking about that I love to travel. I have to just get out with COVID right now. Um, it's kind of on the back burner because... I pretty much stay at home all the time because of my immune system, so, but eventually when things hopefully get better, um, I want to be able to go out on these long trips where I've literally just said no, because I could just feel my body and my bones that I couldn't handle it, and I, I don't want to be the reason, and I hate, I absolutely hate that, I feel embarrassed whenever they end a trip early because of me like they'll ask me how I'm feeling I'm like my back is hurting if I'll be honest and then they'll just say let's go home and we could have done like a million more other things but because my mobility was starting to become really affected they just were like I don't want to be the reason that your t rest of the outing is ruined going out to restaurants is kind of a touchy subject because I just have anxiety around it in terms of fear of food poisoning and fear of getting sick in public and just certain things like that and I'm just we cannot take you out to a restaurant anywhere without you freaking out and having to leave and I went in my mind well In my mind, if I have to step outside for some air, that's okay. I, I know my body and it does not stay perfectly composed all the time. And sometimes I have to get control first of whatever's going on that triggered it and go from there. And I've gotten a little bit better about breathing through it and working through it but it makes me feel like embarrassed and horrible about myself that they feel like they don't want to go anywhere with me because they feel like I ruin it or that they have to take their food to go um, and they always ask me so they ask me well where can you eat because they know you can't and I appreciate they take that into consideration but it's like I want to go where everybody else wants to go. I don't want to be treated especially different just because of my gastroparesis and that I'm very limited 
as to what I can eat because of lactose intolerance and other things. Um, I'm like, just because I may not have what I can eat there doesn't mean I can't eat something beforehand and still go and enjoy the company of friends or family. Um, it doesn't mean that there's not a way to adapt to it. And I'm like, don't give up something you want just because you're trying to make sure I'm included. I'm included because I'm there. And I, they have drinks. I can I can do pretty well with a drink. So I don't drink alcohol. So I just don't like Coke or Sprite or something. More like Sprite because I really can't drink Coke. But it's hard to just say that to them. Like, don't feel like you have to completely adapt or change your plans to fit me. Don't make it about me. Make it about the whole family. Make it about the group. I can't adapt to the situation just fine. You just tell me where we're going and what we're doing. And I'll figure out exactly what I got to bring so that I can make sure that I can have the most enjoyable time possible with you guys. Um, I talk more to people than I used to. I'm a changed person. And I have had episodes where I literally had to leave. But now that I got a better idea of what I tolerate, what I don't tolerate, triggers me I'm better able to handle the situations but a lot of times they won't let them go and that's a hard thing as in something happens to you in public and it could have been two three years ago and they still won't let it go and it is like I try so hard to forget that and try to be better and you constantly have to remind me of like the one time or Maybe a few times, but that was before I was constantly going to therapy where I was able to actually understand what I was being told, where I was understanding what happens in my body when I have like an anxiety attack or a panic attack, you know, and understanding that I'm going to be okay and just fine. And people think that I have not learned that yet, which is truth is I have learned that. And I can almost put myself into a trance sometimes when I'm having one. And it looks like I'm asleep, but I'm not. It's just I go into this other place and I can feel it happening. And I got this advice is you can have a panic attack, but you could have a worse one. So if I know it's coming, I kind of just let it ride out like, I'm like okay it's here and kind of just ride the wave so to speak um, it's a rough wave um, and try not to fight against it because fighting against it was was making it worse and then having real conversations with my doctors and finding medication that helps control them and uh, the anxiety and the attacks even more which makes me able to enjoy more out so I'm like if I can get a grip on and figure out ways to cope with just anxiety then there has to be a way that I can um, extend to be able to enjoy going out and things like that by adding something like a wheelchair 
you know, because at this point with where I am at, I already use a shower chair to shower because I get symptomatic from taking a shower. And I am not, showers are good, but if you're a pause person, you know, it's kind of more like a chore. It doesn't make you enjoy because it causes you symptoms. So shower chair, I already use that. Um, I have a bed that adjusts and it helps with the reflex, but uh, it helps with other things too. You know, I have a dog that really, he was meant to be a service dog, but now he's just sort of my emotional support dog and my cat that's like my emotional support cat. And they have calmed me down so much. And I have done a lot of research into everything I've ever been diagnosed with. And connecting it back to the mental health part of it. And doing things that bring me joy, happiness. Um, give me that feeling of independence, of normalcy. And some of those things for me is painting, playing music, listening to music, watching movies a lot. I do watch a lot of Netflix and stuff. Um, I feel like I just get lost in the story. And I quite enjoy that. Um, and it allows me to have just a little bit of escape. And I've learned to adapt to, okay, so I can't eat this dish normally, like adapt to things in a way where I can eat it and enjoy it, and it's become okay, so it's not like this anymore, but there's a way to adapt it, and I've learned that, it's adapting, figuring out what works and going with it, and that's what you have to do, you figure out what works and you go with it. And all the people that want to be negative about it, you know, let them have their, let them feel the type of way they want to feel about it, but don't let it make you feel guilty or bad or like you're a burden or anything because you're not. You would, you like me were dealt with a unique set of special circumstances that require us to do all kinds of crazy things just to be able to have a quality. A normal quality of life if you can even call what we have normal but or if there's anything such thing as normal but you know what we figure out a way to make it work we know it works for our bodies and we absolutely know it doesn't work for our bodies and yeah people aren't gonna get it and maybe some people are and that's why there's fabulous groups on Facebook and other places where you can meet and talk to people who get it because they live it and it makes living with chronic illness easier because you have the place where you are not alone and people totally relate to what you're going through and it is the biggest relief. You feel such validation and I encourage you to reach out for groups, reach out to support because it's there, it's on Facebook, it's on um, other groups reach out to like me um but don't feel like you are a burden or not loved any less because of your diagnosis because you're loved incredibly 
but the emergency is be different and your parents where they feel like they don't know how to help you feeling totally helpless watching your child go through something and if you're a parent of a child who has a chronic illness or is born with it you know I don't know what that feels like but I can imagine that to take a stab at it that you feel kind of helpless because your baby has this thing and you would give anything in the world for it to be you and not your baby but here's the situation here's the cards you were dealt and the thing I've learned about working with kids is that they're resilient and you're going to get through it. And that's what the group is for. It's not just people going through it, but it's for parents who don't know how to deal with it. It's for parents who have a newly diagnosed child. It's for people who are diagnosed with it, with POTS or with gastroparesis or with whatever, who, whatever diagnosis they have that need the support, the validation the advice and the tips and the tricks and everything to help them cope and manage and get through and know that they are not alone in this. They are not doing this by themselves because there's this group behind them. This podcast is behind you. That's why I keep making episodes because I want you to know that I get it. I see you, you are valid, you are worthy, you are special, unique, beautiful, handsome, amazing, and we just have to go about the world as a different than others, and some people ain't going to get that, and you know what, that's their business, and we just got to do us and just keep on pushing, and we got this. And even when it seems like you don't got it, it's okay to not have it. It is okay to not be okay. No one says you have to be super strong and brave forever and ever and ever. Because I have moments, a lot of moments where I'm vulnerable, I'm emotional. I'm not brave, I'm not strong. And I allow myself to feel those things. And it's okay. Let yourself feel all the things. Write about it. Start a podcast about it. Do a YouTube channel about it. Um, know that those things are real. They are valid. And process them. Channel in a way that works for you. If it's art. If it's music. If it's watching hours of Netflix, like whatever helps you cope and deal. And if you're in your head a lot like me, write it out. If you like to write, write it out. Maybe we could get a writing thing going. But I want this to be a safe space and a safe, not want to, this is a safe space and a safe place for anybody, regardless if it's a chronic illness or LGBTQ or your faith or whatever it is. This is the place where you are valid and you are worthy and I am listening and I hear you and I am with you 100% I have your back you are not alone 
and I'm going to end that here. And I hope you have a blessed and happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. I'm very interested in that. And um, just remember, we're all just really, and I like, I finally got the concept of the unicorn thing, but we are, we are just unique, special little unicorns in our own way, and we just got to do us. That comes down to that, is do what makes us happy, and we just got to do us and be us, and you know what, you know, be us, and Just be you and adapt and do what works for you and don't even think about the haters. Don't let what people say get to you. Don't be afraid to open the communications of the dialogue communication. Tell people how you feel and how what they say make you feel. And even if it isn't a positive response, at least it's a response. And then you know how they feel. But don't take it personally. You've done nothing wrong. Because like I said, you are valid. You are worthy. You are a human being. And you are going through something. We are all going through something. We're all a hot mess in some way or another. And some people, that's how they express it. And I don't, that's not to say that they're not wrong. Or that what they say is not valid. Because they have the right to feel what they feel about the subject. And it feels some type of way. And it may not come out in a very nice way. A lot. But. They are entitled to feel too. Because it affects them. Not. Maybe it doesn't affect them physically. But it does affect them mentally. And emotionally. And just try to remember that. Try to remember that. But my beautiful friends. Amazing little unicorns. My beautiful souls, I love you and I will see you and I will talk to you in the next podcast. Bye.